Hey Mavens and welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. We are so excited to be back and to introduce you to today's guest. If you like what you hear in today's episode, and we know you will, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. And if you leave a review, add your Instagram handle at the bottom, or if you have already left a review and haven't done that, then just DM us and send us a screenshot because we pick a few of you to send some fun prizes to every week. We had our summit two weekends ago, and it went amazing. Thank you so much for everyone who came. It sounds like from all the feedback we've been getting that everyone was able to make valuable connections and actionable steps to build their business, which was our whole goal with this. So we're really happy to hear that. And we have been receiving the sweetest messages and feedback, so thank you all so much for that. We're loving seeing everyone post about the changes that they're making that they're putting their workbook into action. So stay tuned because we are already planning our next summit. So exciting. Welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. Today's guest is a master esthetician and Skin Institute certified trainer. She's been in the industry for over 19 years. She has been with the skincare company Glymed Plus since the beginning, so for over 19 years as well. She works very closely with most schools in Utah and Idaho. She has received the Educator of the Year and Top Account Manager numerous times with her Glymed Plus career. She has been a speaker for wellness and aesthetic conferences throughout the United States. Please welcome Melissa Shippen. Thank you. I'm so excited. I know. I'm excited to hear everything. Before we get into everything, we just want to start our podcast with the high lows. She'll say a high point of the week and then something low. So do you want to start? Yeah. Um, My high was just the summit went so great. It was so fun. And everybody, like a couple girls were like, I'm ready to buy my ticket to the next one. So that was super exciting to hear. Yeah. That was fun. And my low would be, I decided to wear really cute heels and I was dying all day long. (laughs) My feet hurt so bad, but hopefully in the pictures it'll be worth it. (laughs) You had to like switch out halfway through. Yeah, I had to switch shoes. Um, my high was also the summit. Like, the summit was amazing, and it was so fun to meet all of you and to be there, but, like, seeing the effects of it have been my high, I think. Like, everyone posting in the group and saying, one girl posted, she was like, I got back from the summit, and I did the most sales I've ever done in services. Not even including retail. She did, like, over $1,000 in one day. Yeah. It was really good to hear, and it was just cool to see everyone, like, jump on the posts and supporting her. So yeah, that's been fun to see and just to see everyone's posts and everyone like commenting back and forth to each other. Like that's exactly why we did this was to build community. So that's been really fun and a really big high for me. My low. Uh, so last night we, my parents, so we were living at my parents' house because we're redoing our house before we move in. And my parents have been out of town, and la- and so me and my husband have been staying in the basement. And last night, my dog, we were, like, walking to go to the bathroom to brush our teeth and stuff. And my dog, like, st- my husband was in front of me, and he, like, stopped walking and turned around and, like, had his tail behind his back and or, like, under his legs and came behind my back. And then I was like, hey, come on. Like, he always comes in with us. But he, like, stopped at the... They have, like, a ping pong table and was just, like, had his head down and, like, was, like, looking so scared. And I was like the heck and so I made my husband grab a hammer and like check every room in the basement and then 
it was fine, like, but, so the whole night I was just, like, laying there so scared. And also, but the low about that is, I was like, Moose, like, you're gonna, you're not gonna bark, you're not gonna, like, protect me, you're gonna come hide behind me. So I was like, okay, that's what kind of dog I have. <laughs> so that was my low. That's funny. Okay, Melissa? So I would say my high, I have two teenagers, and mm-hmm. this term kicked our butts. It was hard. Like, we were all, they were failing all their classes until <laughs> just barely, but I can say as of Friday, they all got A's, and it's done, and it's a new term today. Yay. Like, we worked real hard for that one, <laughs> and I say we as a whole, all three of us. So, yeah. I'm glad I they're done. I remember those days. Oh, man, it was rough. So, they got that. I would probably say my low, My I broke my laptop screen, Ugh. and what I thought was just going to be a quick display fix, they called... Sunday, and they're like, um, your battery is really large, and you probably just need a whole new laptop, so. Ugh, we just yeah, have to buy a new one. It's the worst. I know. That's not fun. I know. <laughs> but then when you get a new one, the new ones are nice, so. <laughs> I am kind of excited. After here, I'm headed over to the City Creek Apple Store, so. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. They're like, we can replace it, but you probably should just get a new one. It's old. It's like from 2013, so. Oh, yeah, you'll like know. the new ones. I'm then. excited. Yeah, they're like insulin. Okay. So, you've been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. In your bio, like, we, I feel like we got a little bit of that, but tell us your story, like, how you began, how you began with Glymed. Awesome. So, I was working for, it was called Apple One. It was a human resource company. We did, like, placements and hiring for companies throughout all of Utah. Mm-hmm. And the company, and they were located in Linden at the time, but they were relocating to Sugar House. So, I was kind of looking for a different job, but not really actively. And the Glymed position came across, like we were hiring for it. So, I yeah. went to my manager and I said, do you care if I apply? They knew I wasn't going to commute from Utah County up to Sugar House every single day. And they're like, sure, go for it. So, I um, applied, interviewed with Christine Heathman, who's the um, founder and CEO of it. And I got the job when I started off, I was just kind of answering phones during customer service. I jumped right in and fell in love with the industry. And so while I was there, um, I actually grandfathered in Glymed played a pretty key role in the master aesthetic license coming into play in 2001. So I grandfathered in through Glymed. Um, I moved up from just customer service to training. They didn't even have licensing before No, there wasn't. Really? There wasn't. Uh, it kind of like fell under cosmetology, but there wasn't a basic or master until 2001. Oh, so there was a that. lot with like legislation of it. A lot of the school owners were involved. So it was really kind of cool. And then you had this grandfathering period for it was about a year or two where you had to submit two letters um, saying you knew what you're doing, that mm-hmm. you knew something about, you know, that you had been working in this industry. And then I went and took the practical. You didn't have to take the practical, but I did because I wanted to. I wanted to pass it. You know, I wanted yeah, to say yeah. yes, even though I can just grandfather in, I wanted to still pass the test too. So I went and took it. So, and then when I started, so I answered phones for just maybe a couple months and then I jumped right into training. I used to travel a ton. I had nine states in, um, throughout the United States. I traveled to quite a bit. And then when I had my first son, um, I left working every day in the corporate office and I just kind of did some education here and there for him. And then about 16 years ago, they asked if I would be the Utah rep. So I came back on as the Utah rep, and then I've had Idaho for a little over a year. So just... So is that like a sales position? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, mine and is a little bit or... different than what it's evolved to some of the others. I do all sales and all education mm-hmm. for all of my accounts throughout Utah and Idaho. 
So you just take care of all the accounts. You just all, do all the accounts. Busy. All the accounts. I work a lot with the schools. I do a lot of education in schools, which is how I get to know a lot of estheticians. Yeah, I feel so. like everyone uses Glymed in yeah. schools here. A lot of them do. Yeah. So it's so fun, though. I love it. I get asked all the time, you've stayed with Glymed this whole time, and I really just love it. Yeah. I love the people I work with. I love the products. We're continually coming out with new things, so that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like all my accounts are family. I really feel like I have like just a giant extended family that I get to work with. And a lot of these accounts I've known this whole time, 18 years, we've worked together. So Yeah, that's cool. It's really fun. That is fun. So we get asked a lot by other professionals that will message us and... They're like, how do I get on with, like, another company? Uh Or how do I become an educator, an ambassador, or... Just being involved with a big company. Yeah, like, I feel like there's a lot of people that are, like, trying to make that shift where they're like, okay, I don't want to... I know I don't want to do clients forever, or I don't want to, like, open a salon, but I want to, like, be in the industry. Yeah. So, any advice from, like... I feel like your story's a little different because you did start Mm -hmm. from the beginning, but I'm sure you've seen people come in and out through Glymed. So, like, any advice to someone who's wanting to start working like with or for a big company? I would say just apply. And sometimes it's just applying for like an entry-level position, you Mm -hmm. know? Like starting off, our entry-level is kind of called our business coordinators. They're on the phone, customer service, things like that. Just apply and get your foot in the door and then work your way up. I think that's how it is with a a lot of companies. The other thing that I've seen a lot of employees that have started with Glymed is they've just reached out to me and said, hey, can I come shadow you for a day or can I... Do you need help with events? All the time, if I'm doing an event or if I have multiple events, I can't be everywhere. So I will hire a contract worker to come help out, you know, do an yeah. event for me, things like that. And that's a great foot in the door. And then I would say, get, let them get to know you. Attend their classes that they're teaching. Um, if you go to a trade show, go up and introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Usually at those trade shows, you'll have like the sales directors, marketing directors, sometimes CEOs. Go let them know who you are and that you're interested Mm-hmm. too so I know when we're hiring a lot of times they'll come to us first and say do you know anyone that's interested and we'll reach out to people that have told us they are so I think don't be intimidated just have confidence they'll train you you don't have to know everything about Glymed to start with Glymed we yeah. train you when we hire you yeah do you feel like a lot of people do come up to you at trade shows or do you feel like people are like too shy okay I feel like sometimes people are shy <laughs> and a trade show is where you should come talk that's to us for. Yeah. yes come talk to us I feel like they won't come up at a trade show, but then I'll get, like, a DM that says, I saw you at the trade show, but I didn't want to come say hi. Yeah, Come talk like, to us. That's why we're here. And that's what makes it fun for us. We want to meet everyone we can at the trade shows. So mm-hmm. come talk to us or just call us up. Call up the corporate office. Um, my phone number is readily available on all of my social media. You can call me, text me, reach out to me. That's what I think we love. I think sometimes people are a little intimidated and shy, but just come talk to it. anyone, that you, any company you're interested. Just reach out to them. Yeah. And have confidence. That's really good advice. I feel like it is, like, being on the other end, we went to the IBS show for the first time, and, like, the yeah, the first couple days, we were, like, well, there was only a couple days, but the first day, <laughs> uh-huh. we were, like, yeah, we were kind of, like, intimidated to, like, go up to people, but then, like, by the end, we were, like, meeting all the people who, like, founded these companies, yeah. and it was so cool, and we were, like, why were we not doing this the whole first day? But you just, like, feel kind of dumb or something but then it's like but they're human and like they want that connection and they want to know that you love their brand or what they're doing and yeah that's why they're there getting their name out there so you'll come meet them and I feel like we put that on ourselves because everyone every time we went and talked to someone they were like so beyond nice to us and 
we made a lot of connections that way. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of free samples. Yes, you do. And it's t- so true. I've worked the Vegas trade show every year I've been with Climate. So, like, going on 18 years. Yeah. I love that trade show. That's the one I do every year. And I love meeting people. That's what gets me excited to go every single year is that I can meet new people and see old friends. Mm-hmm. There's people from throughout the United States that I see every single year at the Vegas trade show. And it's like a little mini reunion. It's the best part of it. Yeah. That's so, so go talk to people. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so we sent out a questionnaire before you came, and one of the questions we asked was something that you do differently in your business that sets you apart, and you answered with setting boundaries, which I thought was really interesting, and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to dive into it, so can you explain more about that? Yes, I will, and this is something that I learned the hard way. You have to set boundaries. I mean, we are all busy. I have four kids. Um, my kids are really busy. I have, you know, a lot of extra stuff I'm doing besides climate. I have a pretty full life. And for the first quite a bit when I started, I did not set boundaries. So what I mean by that is there was no time that I did not answer a text or a call or an email. You know, you mm-hmm. called me at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night and I'd probably answer. Mm-hmm. And I quickly learned that I could not I couldn't be successful at that. Um, I had an owner of one of my accounts tell me once, she's like, I'm present with whatever I'm doing. And that stuck with me. So if she's with her kids, she's present with her kids. If she's working, she's present at work, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I really started firming up with that. So I try to, when I am not working, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm pretty open 12 hours a day. Anytime you contact me, I'll get back to you. I've really tried to reserve Saturdays and Sundays for kind of me time. I need self-care. I need time to kind of unwind. And so I will always glance at a text or call, but if it's not urgent and if it can wait till Monday, I do. Mm -hmm. And then Monday morning when I get up, 6 o'clock, this morning I answered all of those texts and emails and I get back to you. So if it's an emergency, I will. But I learned that setting boundaries made me more successful in my business because it was like when I was doing my business, that's all I was doing. I wasn't doing multiple things at one time. I was just focused on that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because that's how I am is I'm like, oh, like, oh, I got an email and then I got this and then I got that. And it like does make it so hard. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, wait, what did I get done? Because there was like a million things I started. Yeah. But I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to do this, do this, do that. And so that's something I have been working on. And also with setting boundaries, like there's... And my husband has been like, okay, like, you don't need to do your DMs right now, or you don't need to do this right now. Like, it's 10 o'clock, and we're watching a show. And so I feel like that's something that I am just starting to, like, do, and it really does make a difference. We did it, we do it good with our scheduling, which I know a lot of, um, like, estheticians and cosmetologists struggle with, is just people being like, oh, can I come at 7 a.m., or can I come at 9 p.m.? And you're, like, wanting to get all the clients, so you get them in, and I feel like that from the beginning, we were like, we don't want to be like that. Like, we have business hours, and, like, our clients respect that, and they come during our business hours. And um, so I feel like we've been good that way. But with, like, responding to people and emails and DMs, that is really hard for me because, I don't know, it's just on your mind. So you're like, oh, I'll just respond. And but you it see it, to take and you over. want to do it. Yeah. The other thing I had to do kind of along with that is when I used to be, okay, I'll teach five classes in a day to try and accommodate everyone. And I learned that my, the value of the education I was giving was not great. By the time that fifth class came around a day, you know, you know, when you teach, yeah, yeah. it takes a lot. And so I cut it down with that too. boundaries. I won't teach more than three classes a day at different schools or at one school, because I just found that 
my education, it was not as good as it could be because I was exhausted. Yeah. When you give everything to these classes you're teaching, I felt bad for that last class of the day. So I, in so many ways, I just had to set boundaries and stick to it. Yeah, and sticking to it. That's the hard part. It is hard. But that's like <laughs> our podcast with Maddie Howard, and she's set the same boundaries, but for... I will only take four clients a day because she uh-huh. was like my she does lash extensions all day and she's like by the fifth or sixth client like there were it's not fair to them because I'm not yeah. giving them my best work so raise your price a little bit and take less clients and everyone will be happy exactly <laughs> so I was gonna ask you do you have a separate phone for personal and business to or do you have it all on one phone it's all on one and it I that has been an endless debate for. I will honestly want to say like the past 10 years. <laughs> and Apple just came out with a new phone that you can have two SIMs in one phone. So Ooh. within one phone, oh, I could have switch back, and forth. switch back and forth, which I've thought about doing. Um, I just have never had two phones. Some of the other account managers do, and they love it. I'm really afraid I'll lose one of them. In yeah, all honesty, <laughs> I listened to your podcast about losing things. I was like, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I wish I would have started out that way. But then... For me, I don't know how I do the split now because I have a, which phone number do I keep? Because I have 18 years of business on this phone number, but mm-hmm. then my whole rest of my life on this phone number, I've had the same phone number since right out of high school. So I've had oh the gosh. same phone number for so long. Everyone has that number. Yes, that I just don't know how to do the split, so I do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I would recommend having two phones, though. Yeah. Well, we thought that's what we did is we made my phone. My personal phone is also the business phone. Uh-huh. So she doesn't have to worry about all the phone calls and texts, but I get them. Oh, yeah. All day long. And yeah. <laughs> I thought about getting separate phones, but I just wondered if it would help with boundaries if you like put the other phone on silent, put it away. Over the whole weekend. I know it would make it so much easier for me if it was like out of sight, out of mind. If I could not see it. And I, it's an ongoing process to see a text come through and not answer it. Or to see an email come through and not answer it. Like it takes a lot of discipline. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Which is weird that it would. But to just say, no, I'm not going to do this. And sometimes I do, you know, you're, but again, you're watching a movie and you just like, oh, I'll just do it right now. So yeah. Sometimes I wish I would separate it, but I haven't. Well, yeah. that two SIM card thing sounds awesome. I'm going to go look into that. I yeah. am. When I go to City <laughs> Creek after this, that's the other thing on the list to look at today. I'm like, we'll just it. get it all taken care of in one shot. So what do you think is the number one mistake you see other mavens making in the industry? So I loved this question. I think number one is they lack confidence. They graduate from school yes. and they are so smart and they know what they're doing. And it's like they re- they walk out of their school bubble and it's like their confidence just drops. So I think they just need to believe in themselves a little bit more, believe in their abilities. You know, they paid for this age- education. They are worth every penny. And along with that is not understanding that they are worth it. I see sometimes they set their prices so low or mm-hmm. they're just willing to give everything, give services away to all of these yes. people, you know. I think they just don't value their education and their skill set enough. Yeah. Well, I also wish that schools would help us with pricing because as soon as I left, I just went off of what the school was charging because I had yeah. no idea. So, I mean, I was charging really low in the beginning for, like, facials. I think my school charged, like, honestly, $40. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, I'll charge $40 for an hour facial. Okay, no, don't charge $40 for an hour facial. <laughs> no. Terrible idea. Not worth it. But, I mean, I just had to figure it out on my own, mm-hmm. but I wish schools would talk about 
how to price yourself or where to go get a job, things like that. At least my school did not cover that, and I felt like that's a huge thing that I could have benefited from. Yeah. I wish they would, too. I wish schools would talk a little bit more about, like, cost per treatment also. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times I see students come out of school and they want to do these great facials, but they don't figure out what that cost of that facial is for them to do. They yeah. don't figure out what the products cost them, what their booth rent costs them, what their time. I always tell students, you've got to put a value on your time mm-hmm. because it's worth something. And so they'll come out with these awesome facials, but they're not having that earning potential on it that they could. Because yeah. they're just not, they're not calculating all the cost into it they need to. Yeah, I think we did it a couple times in my master's program. My teacher broke it down by literally how many Q-tips you use. Is awesome. She did it a couple times with us, but it was like so much math. So then she was like, <laughs> so this is why we charge, because at the school they charge, you know, rock bottom prices. So she's like, we have to charge this because that's how much the whole facial costs. And they were pretty expensive once you are yeah. using all the nice products and then... Factoring in all your, rent. yeah, and that's not even including booth rent, but it factoring all in your disposables and everything and your towels and are you paying for someone to wash them or are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. It can be a lot. And I feel like especially, like, we only know the aesthetic side, but mm-hmm. every time I talk to a cosmetologist, like, their prices are so high for yeah. their color and when you want to add, like, a toner on and all these things and a lot of cosmetologists' prices do not reflect that. And it's I like... Agree. Do you know how much you're, like, paying just to have this client in your chair? Like, you're, by the end of the day, you're making maybe, like, $9 an hour. Like, that's not worth it at that point. So, I, yeah. Actually, at our summit, that was, like, the number one request we got was people, like, want to know their numbers. And so that's what we're going to start focusing on because it's changed our business, too. Mm -hmm. Even just, like, knowing your numbers. Like, knowing how much you're bringing in a day because then it gives you somewhere to be, like, oh, wow, this day I did really good. Like, I can do that again. And so it start, you start to push yourself because you know, like, how much you actually are making. Um, there's something else I wanted to say about confidence. Hold on. It was when you were first talking about it. Um, While you're thinking, the other thing yeah. I always tell estheticians is figure out what you want to make in your room per hour. Yeah. And price that accordingly. Do you want this room to be worth $250 an hour? Okay, then what services do you need to be doing to make that per hour. That's another great way for them to figure out what they need, especially if they have multiple rooms. What does each room need to bring in? You know, maybe a waxing room is going to bring less than a hydrofacial room or a mm-hmm. microneedling room or a dermasound room. You know, so figure out what that room needs to bring in per hour and then schedule those rooms accordingly. Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a really good tip. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like when you come out of school... Like, yeah, you said you're, like, in your bubble, and you're, like, maybe, like, doing really good at school, and then you come out of school, and you start, like, finding people on Instagram and following all these other people who you look up to, and then, yeah, like, deflates your confidence, because you're, like, holy cow, I actually suck at extensions, or this, or that, but it's, like, so hard not to compare, but, like, you seriously do not have to be the best right when you graduate. Like, there are people who want to come to you, and who will support you, and... Like, it takes time, especially if you're doing lash extensions. Like, you can be the best at skincare when you graduate because you can do that and you can, like, study really hard. But, like, lash extensions, especially, that takes, like, years of practice to get to the point that a lot of these artists that you look up to are at. So, it's, like, be inspired by them, but, like, don't let it deflate you and don't let it be, like, oh, my gosh, they're so good and they charge $85 for fill and I'm not good, so I have to charge 40 Like... 
no. <laughs> you still, like, did the same amount of school, and, like, you can still have higher prices. Yeah, I agree, too. I agree. Or find your niche. Sometimes people graduate, and they hate doing waxing. I'm like, then don't do waxing. Yeah. Find what you're good at and really excel there. You don't have to do everything you learned in school. Find what you're great at. I remember this student years ago graduated, and she loves pedicures. You know, most students don't love pedicures. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> loves pedicures and when she graduated I was talking to her and she's like I feel like I should do facials but I love pedicures I'm like then just do pedicures yeah and she does she opened up this place down in St. George and she just does pedicures and she is rocking it so and she loves going to work every day exactly if you hate a part of it then don't do it find what your niche is and excel at it you'll do better because you love it I agree I agree so much with that do you think that's the same like if you do skincare to find like a couple facials that you love, or do you think it's better to, like, offer all the facials? I think sometimes it's better to find the niche because you're more excited about doing it, and you will become great at that. Like, there are people that do aggressive chemical peels, and they are amazing at it, and so the clients get great results. And then there's people that have great massage techniques, so their signature facials or relaxing facials are awesome. It never hurts to kind of offer, I guess, some, but if you find what you're really good at and there is a high demand then just specialize. There's nothing wrong with specializing in what you excel at. Yeah. When, when we went to the IBS show, there's like all the machines and all the uh-huh. things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want this hydrofacial machine. And I want this and I want that and I want that. And Kristen was like, why don't you just like perfect your chemical pills and get yep. really good at chem- Like Be good at that and just perfect that. And I feel like my skincare business, like that side of it has like really took off after that. Because I was like, that's right. Like I don't need all, I don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on all the machines. Like, I can just be good at chemical peels or something. And it's, there's people who want that and who are going to come to you for that. And now we're not in debt from all those machines you tried to get me to buy. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing is when you're looking at bringing on, like, a service or a, I don't know, even, like, a skincare line or, mm-hmm. but mostly with machines, like, break that down of how much, like, when we were looking at the hydrofacial machine, it was, like, $30,000 or something. Yeah. And so we were like, oh my gosh. Before if, tax. <laughs> yeah. And so we were like, if we did, I don't even remember. It was like 250 facials to even pay it off. And so it was like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm that passionate about that machine that like, I because then it was like, I almost only have to do that because you have to do 250 of them to even pay it off. Well, that's not including your product, your time, your towels, your disposables. Yeah. But else. I know people who have bought the machine and like, have loved it, and it's, like, built their business. So it just depends on, like, what's worth it to you. And what do you want to do? I get asked that question a lot. Is this machine worth it? Is it? And I always tell people, if you are going to invest a lot of money in a machine, that needs to be your sole machine that you use. Like, you're not using multiple other things. You're using that machine until you get it paid off. So if you want to really focus everything in on this to get your return on your investment, then that's great. But if you still want to offer all of these other things, then maybe you should hold off for a while. Not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And doing some market research before you even buy the machine. Definitely. Do your clients even want it? For example, we brought on teeth whitening. We thought it was going to be huge. We saw all these people doing it, and we've done it. We paid our machine off, but it was like, well, that wasn't as worth it as we thought. (laughs) We should have asked them before. I think that's so important, too. That isn't when I get new estheticians asking me questions. Well, what services should I do? My question, I always ask them, what are, give me your top three clients you see. What are the top three skin conditions you see? And then from there, let's build 
your top five services you do in your back bar. And if whatever this new thing you want to bring in doesn't fit in those numbers, then let's hold off. Mm-hmm. So top five you know, services you're going to offer that are going to fill your top three skin concerns. And you can always add other things, but really kind of specialize in that and get good at that. And then make sure that what you're offering is what your clients want. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're trying to build a clientele around acne and acne care, you probably don't want to bring in a microneedling machine exactly. where it's going to spread their acne. Exactly. That is genius. <laughs> so you guys have a retail line Yes, as well we do. That Salons retail. Uh-huh. Do you have any tips for things you teach about retailing products? Yes. Clients? My favorite class I teach of all times is my retailing class. It, I took like years of what I saw, like good things and bad things, and put it in this retailing class. And one of the things that I like hammer, hammer in is I tell students this or whoever I'm teaching, I'm like, okay, I want you to tell me your favorite thing you bought. Not in this industry, like your favorite, most recent purchase. And when they tell me about it, I see that excitement. It could be a ring. It could be a new pair of shoes. And I see their excitement for this item. I'm like, hey, I now want you to bottle that up. And that needs to be your same excitement for your skincare product. You need to be recommending this skincare product because it is going to change their life and make their skin amazing, not sell them this Mm -hmm. product. So find that passion for other purchases you make in your life and push that into your retail sales. Yeah. Never, never sell. They know if you're selling it and a big brick wall goes up and they're instantly like, think you're one of those mall kiosks that's chasing you down the, (laughs) down the hall. Yes. (laughs) So only, only recommend. And it needs to come from a place of concern, not a place of you're just trying to push a product on them Mm -hmm. and you will be successful. So you probably need to use the products also Definitely. so that you can have that love for the products. Yes. Like invest in your own skincare at home Definitely. or whatever you're doing, like making sure you're also using those so that you do look. Cause that's how I feel when I retail is I'm like, no, like this serum, literally I'm obsessed with it. Like you will love it. Like I can be a hundred percent confident. And I think my clients, well, I know they feel that because they buy it. <laughs> like I, like they know that I'm not just going to be like, oh yeah, we got this new serum, and, like, you should try it. I've never tried it, but I'm sure it's great. Like, they know that I use it all, and also, I show them on my stories. I show them using the products, and so they know how to use it, and I think just educating them, and also, yeah, helping them, like, feel that passion yes, for the Yes, I think it's so important to educate your clients. If you don't educate them, they're going to find it elsewhere, mm-hmm. and it might not be proper education on products because there's so many sources that consumers can find information on products Mm -hmm. so there was a statistic i read once that it said if someone comes in and gets any service done it can be like waxing lashes whatever there is a 65 percent chance that they will purchase something beauty related within the first 24 hours that they leave because they want to continue that good feeling they have when they come and see um their esthetician. So if they don't purchase that product from you, they're going to go on Amazon. They're going to the next store they go to, wherever it is, they're going to buy it there. So make sure they're buying it from you so you know it's good quality products that they're using. Yeah, that, I really like that statistic. That's yeah, cool. that's crazy. And it's going to extend their results at home. So instead of just coming, getting a facial, and leaving and putting whatever on their face. <laughs> I don't know, crap on their face, then they're, you know that they're going to be extending those results and it's just helping them like achieve what they want. Yeah. I, I always tell consumers it's a 50, 50, 50% is you, 50% is me. And it is like this relationship. And if you're not doing your part, then you're not going to see the results. Like you come to me, I'll give you the best facial, the best chemical peel, the best microneedling, whatever you need. But if you're not doing your 50%, you're never going to get the results that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So speaking of skincare, yeah. what are like your top three skincare tips or products or like something that everyone should be doing at home? First thing, so when I first started with Glymed, again, I knew nothing about skincare. I I don't even couldn't even tell you what I was washing my face with then. <laughs> and I remember the first day I started, Christine Heathman, our owner and CEO, said, Every day you don't wash your face, your skin ages seven days. And from that day on, I have never skipped washing my face every morning and every night. I think that is like the most important thing is washing your face twice a day. Mm -hmm. I cannot stress that enough. And then um, sunscreen, so important. So important to protect the skin. And then I think an antioxidant is so important, especially here in Utah during these winter months. We get all that inversion gunk in our skin. I think everyone should be on an antioxidant and a retinol. Yes. Those are my favorite. <laughs> we have a product called the Fulvic Elixir, and I think every person in the entire world should be on it because it's like the best antioxidant. And my 15-year-old daughter uses it, and she now goes to ballet, and she tells her friend, she's like, you should be wearing an antioxidant every day. <laughs> I'm like, I've done my job as a mom. Yeah, that's all you want. That's all you need. That's so funny. Those are good tips. Those are good tips. Okay, so now we're going to go into our segment where we share our top beauty find or product we're obsessed with lately. So, do you want to start? Yeah, this isn't really a beauty product, but it's something that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> That's for and wellness. It works. Yeah. I, like, cannot live my day without lemon water. Ooh, I love lemon water. <laughs> I love lemon water. And so, I have, like, a really cute Hydro Flask tumbler. They make tumblers, so you don't have to get the water bottles, which I like the water bottles, too. But I just love a tumbler. Like, I feel like if it has a straw and it's a tumbler and it has a wide mouth so I can put my ice in it, I can squeeze my lemon in it. But yeah, every morning, every day, all day, I have my big tumbler with my ice, my water, and a fresh lemon. Sometimes a lime, and if I'm feeling fancy, some mint leaves. But it's so good and refreshing, and... It sounds so good. I can't, I can't, I can't go without it. I feel like I do not drink water, like, half as much if it doesn't have lemon in it, and it's not, like, in ice and with a straw. (laughs) So that's my thing. That sounds so good. Okay, mine is, um... Oh, shoot. What's it called? Cuticle oil? Yes. Okay, mine is cuticle oil. Our nail girl, Jill, has got us all hooked on it. I didn't even know you were supposed to be using it every day. I thought they would just put it on you at the end of your appointment. But apparently if you're using cuticle oil every day, it moisturizes your cuticles. It helps your nails last longer. What else did she say? No hang nails. No hang nails. Yeah. All these things. So I got a mini one and I threw it in my purse so I can put it on every day now. And I'm obsessed. Yeah. I know, I didn't know that either. Every time she talks about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get one. So I just got one too, and I've been using it. That's so. awesome. I just checked out my nails when you said that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I could use some of that too. <laughs> I haven't put mine on today. They're looking a little dry. I need to. Yeah. Okay, uh, Melissa? I am obsessed with CBD. It's like CBD oil as a booster. And this is why I became... So Glymed recently came out with one, but I got hooked on one before. Dislocated my shoulder, tore some muscles, and started using CBD on it. And it was took the pain away. It promoted the healing in the skin. It's good for scalp if you have scalp issues. It's good for dry skin on the body. It's good for any type of wound. I think it's like this great all-purpose. I add it to every body lotion I have. I just think it's like this awesome new I love ingredients like I'm an ingredient junkie I love like researching them and finding it out so I really like dug into CBD I'm like there are amazing benefits of it on just healing the body or any aspect of the body for your hair nails feet like foot care body care yeah so you use it as an oil and then mix it in your lotions and stuff uh-huh yep okay. just a couple droppers but it I was in massive pain with my shoulder for 
I don't know, like a week. And I finally got into a physical therapist. And afterwards I said, I don't know what you did, but you worked magic and it feels great. He's like, I mixed in a CBD oil with the body um, lotion I used. And Mm -hmm. it just takes away that pain, but it heals things so quickly. I'm loving it after microneedling. It helps that skin to heal so quickly. So you can add it into anything you're doing. Yeah. Oh, I've heard a lot. Like I feel like everyone's talking about that and it sounds really good. I don't don't think I've tried anything Uh -uh. CBD. I need to get on the train. I know. Awesome. Yes. Do you have anything else you like feel like you want to say while you're on here? Anything we didn't cover? I think we covered it all. I just think as I loved reading those questionnaires last night because it made me I love reading, you know, where you have to self-reflect and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as I was reading it through, the number one thing, if I could share with just anyone, and we hit on it, is just just believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. Believe how awesome you are. Believe in the education you got. And then the next thing is, I always tell this to people, I'm like, just be kind. Be nice to people. You don't know what's going on in their life. Maybe they're a little grumpy today, but just be nice to them. Yeah. It goes a long way. And then then you never regret anything you say or do. Yes. That's good advice. That's good advice for everyone. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was really good to hear your story and experiences. Where can everyone find you? So on Instagram, I'm Glymed plus Utah. And then on Facebook, it's Melissa at Glymed plus. So make sure you guys check her out. And then while you're at it, check us out on Instagram, Beauty Mavens Collective. And we will see you next week. XO Beauty Mavens.